guys, welcome back to Best Friends by Design podcast. This is episode five, and today we have a special guest, Marissa Cornejo with Design Marketing Collective. Marissa will be sharing her insights and tips for marketing and PR in the interior design world. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for being here. Of course. Of course. My pleasure. Well, let's jump right in, Marissa. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and how you got started? Of course. Um, so I started in the design industry in 2008. Um, I began working at Gensler in Washington, D.C., a pretty big design firm. So started with the corporate side of marketing for interiors um, and with doing marketing and coordination. So I was working on from lifestyle to hospitality uh, to workplace uh, design projects. And from there, kind of it evolved naturally, and I ended up going into the commercial office furniture industry. I'm still in Washington, D.C., um, working with big dealers like Knoll and Hayworth. Um, and then from there, I moved to Miami. And when I got to Miami, I realized that the luxury high-end part of the design world um, was pretty big here. So I transitioned from the commercial side of design to the luxury residential side. Um, and then in 2019, 2020, during pandemic, decided to transition into having my own design firm, uh, marketing consulting design firm. So uh, that's how I got started. Fun. And we're one of your clients. Yes, and I work with Giselle, and of course I know yeah. you well. Yes, um, yes. So I primarily work with interior designers and luxury furniture brands, helping them with their marketing and PR. That's great. Yes. Can't wait to hear all about yes, it. Of course, happy to share. So, Marissa, um, for someone who's worked in-house at design firms, Mm -hmm. what would you say are the best practices for marketing? Yeah, I think, you know, having an understanding of your projects, having those project stories written out is really important because when it comes time to really promote your brand and your experience, you want to have that accessible. So I think always organizing the back end of, you know, these are the, this is the work I've done, having a great portfolio reference um, and, and putting that all together from the beginning, especially if you want to submit for awards later on, um, understanding kind of your overall brand, which I know we're going to talk about in a little bit, but I think the, the organizational component of marketing is really key, just as it is the processes for what you guys do as designers, right? So um, establishing how you are going to uh, market the projects later on is, is key. So from the back end, really you know, knowing your, your brand, how you're going to talk about your projects, how you're going to talk about your team is really important because obviously it takes more than one person to design a project. So having profiles for your staff, um, the profile about your organization, your company, your ethos, you know, your values and your mission. Yes, having all of those things in a marketing toolkit I think is really important and when it comes time to you're, you're being asked to speak on a panel or you want to submit for an award, all that's really put together from the very beginning. So I think um, having been in-house for big firms and even gotten smaller ones, always having that kind of plan of action with your uh, PR and marketing is, is really important. That's great, great advice. Um, does that ever change, like depending on what you want to use your marketing efforts towards or is this something that's like a general that you should have? I think you can have various like versions of your marketing because I think if you're talking to say your design firm that works primarily with developers or you're working um, with residential users, I think you want to talk about your brand differently to everybody. Okay. So the tone of voice I think does change. Yeah. 
So how you reach out to a real estate agent, you know, might be completely different than how you reach out to a contractor or a vendor or a developer. Or developer. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I think you want to uh, change the messaging according to who you're reaching out to. So I do suggest having different types of presentations too. Okay. Having shorter ones that you want to email or send over WhatsApp because now everybody's talking through your phone and you want something that you can send quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, your Instagram obviously will, sure will touch base, but that's also an online portfolio of your work. Definitely. So being able to have all the links to it, to YouTube videos, videos of walkthroughs of projects, yeah, um, and organizing that and having a really great kind of uh, structure, like even a spreadsheet that says these are all the projects, mm -hmm. here's who photographed them, the square footage, the scope of work, yeah. um, how long they took, because sometimes you want to say this was, you know, this was turnkey and it took this amount of time versus a small, right. a smaller project. So I think it does change. And I suppose you want to like set up the storyline almost in the beginning of a project, right? right. So you want to have all that information right. and you want to like be able to, you know, video the project that you're and have starting yes. start to collect content because yes. you're going to use it at the end. I think a lot of times we get so caught up in, oh my God, starting a project that like we don't do that, and then at yeah. the end, we're like looking for the before pictures right. or the before videos, and yeah. it's like, oh, I never yeah. like had a chance to, you know, get that. From the beginning, yeah. yeah. And if you have someone that can go with you, that initial site visit, the right. completely raw space, yeah, and go often, because yeah. if you, if the floors get put in, if the lighting gets put in, and, and you're even just kind of walking through with the floor plans, right. take those videos Absolutely. so that you have that later on. And all the presentations document them in the, you know, in a, in a way where you can easily go back into your like development design documents or mm -hmm. the finished documents. So yeah. because you might want to use that later in social media to show this was the inspiration of the aesthetic. Yeah. So I think I think that storyline, like you said, is really key. And I think when you're wrapped up in trying to get the client to understand your vision, mm -hmm. you sometimes forget to do right. it. So even yeah. if you have a, a document that says these are the things I need to do in the beginning of a project. That's great. To document actually. from a marketing perspective. Like a checklist yes. almost. We, we keep like an iCloud folder for every client. Yeah. And at the beginning, we always have a folder with all those photos. And I'll share them with Marissa. I think one of the most valuable things that we've done recently is like these branding kits. Yes. So which we update constantly because as, as the looks change or we evolve, we wanted to really represent who we are at that moment. So mm -hmm. it could go from the logo to the, you want to have the most current jobs, yeah. mm -hmm. or if you want to mention like your worldwide, so you want to have your different cities. I think that's been really exciting yeah. to keep it on brand and consistent and, yeah. and you'll send that out as well. And that's a great way, to, it's a quick tool to do mm -hmm. and um, even having a shared photo Mm -hmm. cloud folder yeah. so that your team can drop in all the images per project it's so much help it's quicker to go back into a shared cloud folder and see all yeah. the images from the Definitely. beginning to the end yeah that when you want to access them right away or pull something up but i think uh it really moves the needle yeah. when you're looking at your project yeah. and, and marketing big picture marissa what would you say is the difference between building your brand and making yourself marketable of course um i think building your brand really your brand is a component of many things so from your logo to your tone of voice, uh, your color palette, your messaging, yeah. the overall communication of your brand. So it's really kind of a, a lot of elements that you're building to create who you are as a company, or if you're a solo practitioner and you're a designer, who you are as a designer, right? Mm -hmm. So you're building all of these elements together to create a, 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 a kind of go-to market strategy. And having that is really key. So when you're 
in the beginning, starting your firm, really understanding who you are and what you represent um, will translate into a lot of things from your presentation to how you're meeting with clients, mm -hmm. you know, engaging within, within the industry. Once you have those elements together, that's when I think you can go and really go to market. And taking those components and saying, okay, my website's ready. My website resonates with who I am. I know my audience. And that's really important here is understanding who your audience is. Because the messaging has to relate to whoever's going to go see you. Mm -hmm. So if you're high residential and you only work with end users, you want that conversation with them. If it's developers, you want to show the experience, the complexity of projects. So it really does, uh, the way you're going to market is going to change. Um, but I think having all of those pieces ready is key before you even go and launch. So the website, I think sometimes people forget, and I go back to it because we're so used to the digital age of just like let's do LinkedIn or let's do Instagram or Twitter or whatever, but I think your website's still key. Yeah. Because not everyone is going to go on Instagram. It depends on your demographic. Um, it depends on what you're looking for. If you want to read about something more in depth, having a website built out well is, is really important. I think it also builds like credibility. Agree. You know, it makes you more legit, Agreed. in think, my opinion. I think if people are going to go and see, if a developer doesn't have time to, to sit there and look on social, right. you're going to yeah. send them a, a, you know, an email, they're going to look, they're going to go to your website and see, okay, this is who this form is, this is what they've done, great, yeah. fantastic. And then it gets passed on to whomever has right. to have a conversation. But I think it's really important to invest in the website. Absolutely. Invest in your branding. Your logo design, all of that should be done really well, yeah. so that you know later on you, you can probably update things. But in the very beginning, you want to have those the, those investments early yeah. in those things. Um, but marketing is really the promotion of who you are and your services. So would it be the, your brand? It's your not branding, but your marketing. Yeah, it's, yeah, your marketing. It's who you're talking to and how you're yeah. promoting. So where you're promoting your brand, you know, are you what kind of uh, tools are you using? Are you doing ads? Are you doing Google ads? Are you advertising? And I'm sure we'll talk about that as well. But I think those are the elements that get your um, messaging out to an audience. So I think they're, they're, they're very important parts, but the first is the, the first part is the branding yeah. and establishing yeah. who you guys are as a, as a firm or a designer. Going from the marketing side, yeah. how important is it to get published? So I think there is a lot of value in getting I think everyone wants the recognition. Yeah. You want to have, you want to see your, your project in a magazine. Yeah. Um, and I think there's some key tips. You know, have a great photographer. You want to invest in a photographer. I know it's not so no cheap. iPhone photos. You know, iPhone photos are great for Instagram. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. you can take amazing photos on your iPhone. Yeah. For reels as well. Yeah. So you can document. You know, the day you're doing a shoot, have someone document everything from the interaction with the photographer because you want the behind the scenes. Because I think people do want to see that, right? Yeah. So that's kind of behind the scenes things. But from a publication standpoint, you want great photography, great lighting. Mm -hmm. Invest in staging if you need accessories. Make sure it looks like it's lived in, if that's the, if that's the kind of way you're gonna to try to show the project. If you're more contemporary, modern minimalist, make right. sure that the things you, you're selecting really resonate with your brand. And I, working with Giselle, we're very particular in how we stage the projects. Um, you know, you have a great way of showing how to do the sign for a bookshelf because I've seen you yeah. do that, you know, so I think those are really key elements that trans that translate into yeah. photography. And then selecting photos that a magazine would want to publish. So you want to have both the horizontal, the 
critical shots. That's important. Um, it's really important because they will lay out a project and see if it fits within yeah. their um, next issue. Uh, so I think, you know, to get published, it's also having a key story. What's yeah. the angle? Is there a celebrity tie-in? Is it a renovation? Is it a historic preservation? Is it the, you know, legacy client where you've done multiple homes? Is it an amazing property on the beat? Things like this, all of those angles are key when pitching to an editor. Yeah. You want to make sure it resonates with who you're pitching to. And because, there's a story behind it. And there's that. a story behind it. And even call out the top brands that you're working with because they may be an advertiser in the magazine. And you and you want to be able to tie these connections in where it makes sense, but really understanding who you're pitching to. Yeah. Because if you're pitching to a particular publication and their aesthetic is one thing and maybe yours isn't, you don't want to spend time waiting for an answer when you know that it's not going to resonate. Yeah. So understanding where your projects will go best is key. And yeah. you'll be more, I think you're more successful when you really um, research the, the publications you're looking into and understand you know, what they're pitching now. So if they're looking at kitchen and bath, if they're looking at um, don't they have a schedule? Postal, yes. The media kits are a great tool, so you know what's being published when, and so know in advance a couple months before that you should, if you wanted to pitch kitchen and bath, if the issue is coming out three months from now, you should be backtracking to to see if yeah. that that makes sense. Um, but and have that schedule in mind, um, and even pitching yourself as a as your firm as a design firm is it's important as well. So there's opportunities to yeah. to pitch, you know, your work, your portfolio, um, and even provide commentary on different articles that an editor might be working on. If they're working on specific, uh, let's say, dining rooms or living rooms, things like that, you're able to comment. Um, so there's lots lots of ways to get uh, published, yeah. um, but really having your projects ready, photographed, having a release, a description is is key. And always make sure you you know credit your photographers, yeah. credit your stylists, your vendors. Yeah. Um, because they'll also share it. A couple things I've learned recently is like when we do a photo shoot is to have somebody like a couple things. Number one, photographing the designer in the photo shoot. In this piece. Which yeah. is really hard because you're working so hard to style it and make it beautiful. Yeah. And then on top of that, you want to look good on the photo. So right. it's, it's a lot of work. Right. But I think having those photos with you in the space helps part of the storytelling, yeah. which is something that we try to do as much as possible. And then the other thing is, because there's never enough photos, right, right. for social media, and with a photographer, it's usually like, let's say, 30 pictures, and it has X amount of touch-ups. Well, that's not enough for social media content. Right. And on top of that, you can't publish the right. photos. So that's key that, oh, here. That's so do annoying. publish your projects on social if you're pitching to a magazine actively. Because a lot of them want exclusivity, they they want their audience, their readers, their subscribers, and it's so painful. It and I know you want to show it because you worked it's like two years or a year, whatever it's been, but you don't want to show it on social. You want to hold it, and then once the it's published, you can go ahead and release it and release it on the same day the magazine comes out, yeah. so you have this grand reveal. But you don't want to publish it on your website or your social. And it's, you're actively yeah. pitching it. But so you could, but you could post like real stories. Yeah, you, you could post things yeah, that, don't live, the that don't live on there indefinitely. Correct. Yeah, but it can't be on the grid. But how do you right. know if it's if they're even going to pick it up? So well, they'll you, tell you. They, okay. They'll tell you. They'll say, okay, this is amazing, right. 
and they'll let you know. Yeah. And then you once you sign, and there's a process, right? You'll get a resources list that you have to complete for the editor. The last bill will sign in an interview with someone, and that's when your 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 whoever's on your team actually talks about the project. Yeah. But when you're able to send them details in advance, it's really helpful because it already advances some of the communication with the magazine. But I always recommend hold it. If you're pitching it, don't release it. You can do stories, you can do you know yeah. reels that kind of show behind the scenes, but the really beautiful end publication images, the pro shots, keep them. Keep them. Yes. Okay. Yes. And if it's if yeah. you don't want to pitch it and you want to show it, then then show it. Um, yeah. yeah. And I I feel like we've been adding to that component also the video aspect of the yeah. walkthrough. Part of our frustration, you know, the the images only show so much right they only tell so much of the story so part of our storytelling with with our brand has been to add those videos yeah. Yeah. and i think they've really helped to really capture and captivate the story right. i think the next step is probably doing more voiceovers to explain the process because Plus there's so many yeah. recycle that content video content absolutely can be recycled yeah. i mean into reels and then in newsletters you know, absolutely right. Right. And no. we could, yeah, we could like really break it down. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work, but the videos are able to give your audience a behind the scenes of what what actually happened. Yeah, because you don't see any of that once it's on your grid or you publish. Well, it. and also the scale. Like when right. you're doing video, and let's say if if one of us are in it, you can understand the scale of the kitchen and the ceiling height. Right. So, if there's in the photos, you really don't understand right. maybe yeah. the grandeur of the space or right. the scale of the space. It's something to can yeah, take in consideration. I, I agree. I always say if you are able to take a picture of yourself in the space to show the depth of how tall a cabinet is, if you go from the floor to the ceiling, because in a picture you don't get that, uh, you don't get that same perspective. Yeah. yeah. And I think for especially with social media, people want to see the work before. They like to see you picking the finishes, putting in the dining table. Oh my gosh, it's massive. The process. I love the process. And it engages, and, and if they like how you work, I think it also gives them the opportunity to connect with you. I think it shows your personality, too. Yeah. Like, people will hire you, you know, based on personality and based on a connection. And what better way, I think, to show that personality or that who you are by speaking and expressing yourself? Because, I mean, I've. Just by the still shots of me, I've gotten, hey, you look like a bitch. You know what I mean? I was so scared of you, right? So at least speaking, your, when you speak and you express who you right. are your or, or your, you know, I get like, like, people don't know I'm a mom and somehow maybe that makes me more relatable in some way. I think telling also the history of who you are instead of the stagnant photo, which are very stylized and photoshopped and the whole thing. I think this gives us an opportunity to really tell yeah, you know, talk about your brand and who you are and what your values are. Yeah, and I think from a from a PR perspective, you clients work with people they like, then they can relate to. So that also translates through all your branding, writing, and photography, and, and obviously if you get published, things like this. Yeah. But like kind of circling it all back, I think there's um, a personal level. You're designing someone's most intimate spaces. So you're with them for a long time, yeah. over a course of however many months years, or even years. Years, yeah. So all of these moments in your branding help them understand who you are as a team, as a designer, your values. So I think it all, at the end of the day, yeah. resonates really deeply. And, and you know, the reward is having it published, and you get to have that 
memory of, of that project. Um, and that's it. And it gives more credibility too as you as yeah. you build your brand. Yeah. yeah. And now that many of the print magazines have the digital version, which is great. Yes, it's amazing. Everything yeah. has turned digital. Yeah. Do you still see value in, you know, placing ads in print magazines and you know getting published that way? Like, how do you yeah. how do you feel about that? I think if you're so if you're starting your business and you're trying to build your brand, I think it is important to advertise, um, especially to start to gain audience visibility. And magazines do have an opportunity to, like you said, digital. If you're placed in the magazine, that's an organic moment. If I buy the magazine or subscribe or I pick it up, it's organic if I open it up, right? Mm -hmm. um, but if they also put it on their social media, send a newsletter out to their database, uh, they invite you to a, a dinner or they have an event and the magazine's there, you're getting access to their audience across many different places. So I think there is value. If you're advertising, always be consistent at least, I always say, at least three pages. So if it's this month, two months later, three months later. Yeah, that's interesting. Because if you're just doing one, the value there, I, I always say this, there's no why, reason. Why is that? Because you're only appearing once and that's it. It yeah. takes time to build your brand, especially yeah. with, any, with any publication. So at least try to buy three insertions. If uh, an insertion meeting is either a single page, mm -hmm. or you can do double page, which is a spread, if you really have an amazing project that you want to show. And I think there's a lot of value in um, working with a magazine and just work with your, if you're working with a publisher or your account rep, they are great, great, great assets because you can ask them, you know, what events are you doing? Or can I, you know, are there talks that are happening? Like, how do I get more involved? And they have great resources. But I think always know the magazines you're looking at, understand their audience, where they're being distributed, and does it make sense for you and your brand? Um, because you can look, you go national, or you could go regional, depending right. on your budgets. Because you do want to establish your marketing budgets and your advertising budgets, let's say, the year before, so you know, okay, I have this much to spend, here's where I'm going to spend it, and how I'm going to spend it. Um, but it's up to you really to take advantage of all the resources that the magazine can offer you. So, and then having someone, and that's one of the roles that I do, is I negotiate that for my clients. I want to jump in and ask you, for somebody who's looking to hire somebody like you, what value do you think you bring to their brand? Yeah. So what I do is, and having been in-house and, and kind of managed brands within, um, what I do is really try to bring an in-house approach. So right. it's almost like I'm working internally for you as a marketing, right? But that's because it helps me better understand your brand. So what the value that I bring is that I'm able to kind of put together your marketing strategy. Right. From the beginning of the year to the end of the year, say these are all your events we're going to do. This is where we're allocating dollars for advertising, for advertising and let's say social media. Um, these are all the important milestones we need to hit during the year. Um, if you're building your brand, especially in the beginning, it's really establishing your overall market, like budgeting, and saying here's where here's what we need. Where you should spend it. Yeah, and here's how we need to spend it, and how yeah. quickly we need to bring in. Consultants, let's say, for website development or for SEO and SEM, which is like advertising on Google, things like this. But it's, it's presenting you the big picture of here's where we want to go, and here's all the elements of, that we need to have in advance, um, and then establishing any kind of communication guidelines. Like here's how often we want to send newsletters, or if we have a blog, like what categories do we want to talk about, how often do we want to talk about something, um, and if you have multiple brands within kind of like your group. 
it's understanding, you know, how are we crossing over and benefiting from having your presence here or there. Um, but it really, my job is to come in and create a strategy. Yeah. And does it start like, do you do some sort of audits yes. of, the, of the firm? Yes. So yeah, I, she gives us homework. I yeah. do. I do give you homework, right? Because I need to understand. Yeah. I need to understand who the brand is. And sometimes we say, okay, we need to tweak this, or let's refresh the website, or I think this can be communicated in a better way, or we should be highlighting you and your the other principal. Like we should elevate you here, yeah. and then your supporting team or the supporting work needs to come in, and, and we need to show it a different way. But every positive element about the brand we want to bring to the top. Because that helps promote, and it it, it is a, a, a strategy that takes time. So marketing and, and coming in to help you with PR and branding. That's you yeah. know that's a very good point. Okay, so the the client hires you. Yeah. How to give them a realistic expectation yeah. of when they should start seeing, let's say, progress. Yeah. Because it doesn't happen right away. Right. You right, know, right. And maybe, so let's talk a little yeah. bit about that. So normally I always say the first three months, you need to give whoever it is, an agency, if it's a consultant that's working on their own, at least a minimum of, of three months because in the beginning it's all really, I call it discovery. Yeah. You're learning about the brand, you're learning about what we have to work with, what projects are being worked on, do we have anything photographed, um, what can we pitch. You know, it takes time to establish all of those uh, parameters of, okay, here's here's my kit of parts mm -hmm. that I have. And if it's a brand that's a product, if it's a manufacturer, if it's a boutique that sells accessories, something like this, you need to understand the products that they have, the inventory, what is it we have, what's coming. You know, things can be seasonal for a brand like that rather than for a design firm where it's, you know, you're, you're constantly doing something. Um, but I think you always need to look at the first three months of discovery and then as you, as you start to promote the brand, it takes time. For example, if you pitch a project now, it could wait and be published four or five months from now. Wow. So you start to see... You have to be patient. There's some patience yeah. that really needs... But you see movements in social, say you reach a social grid, yeah. uh, your Instagram, and then you start to see the numbers move. Mm -hmm. Or you start to see, what I think is more important, really the engagement Definitely. with the, with, the, with what you're posting. Yeah, right. uh, the quality of what you're posting. Right, right. So I think it does take it does take some time. I always say if you're starting and if you're brand new, yeah. the first year is like it's a it's your infancy, yeah, and it's all building. And if you're coming into a market like Miami, that's, you know, pretty yeah. saturated, I think you really have to take the time to think about how you're going to market, mm -hmm. um, and and understand that it's it's always moving. It's a constant learning of what works and what doesn't. What, work. One of the things I'm going to mention too, I think it's really key as the designer working with any marketing, when we get an opportunity, there's usually a, like, it has to be done right now. It has to be done today. And if you're one of those people that are delayed on a, a, you know, replying, you can miss that opportunity because there might be a short window. And that's something that I had to get used to because I, I would have been in the middle of a meeting you know, let's say having my phone on silence to be currently present, and then all of a sudden, you know, we take a break, and I'm seeing that something's a deadline, and I have to jump on it. Right. And right. and the good thing is, since we built our assets already, and she's organized it in, you know, I think we have it in Google Drive yeah. and a drop yeah. and Dropbox folder, right. and a Dropbox folder. Now it's become easier, but there's still questions and and things I need to answer. So the urgency of things. 
you have to take into account. Yeah, so and that's something you would do. You would correct. answer all the questions yeah, at the magazine. So I, if a PR, if another PR agency reaches back as a collaboration or a magazine replies that we need the the questionnaire right away, like that, all of that is what I help with, and I respond to right away. That's great because you don't want to lose time. Yeah, because yeah. right, and once the ball starts rolling and people start asking for things from the brands, it's a quick turnaround. The thing I do want to also mention, um, which people don't understand, because there's a difference between doing it on your own, right, and hiring uh, a company, and as much advice and tips you can give us, what I realized through the process of working with you has been all the relationships you have. You're, like, so well-connected in the community, and you know so many people, whether it's the magazines or showrooms, and that's a big value because when we're looking to do collabs or, you know me with my crazy ideas all the time, I'm like, hey, don't you know that person? Or how can we make that happen? And you're always, you always know somebody or somebody who can make it happen or somebody that knows how to, you know, especially when you're building your assets, the photographer that you already have a relationship. And it's much different to, let's say, one person starting out contacting a magazine versus you have your clientele and you right. have your reputation so when you reach out to the context that you've already established a relationship with and sometimes right. friendships with right. I think it's there's a, a big value in that yeah and I think understanding we bring in um, we bring in our group of and that's why my company is called collective because I have a group of people that I can call and say you know who's the best photographer or here's the best catering for an event or uh, you know vendors for anything, but we we can bring those names and relationships to the client. So we can we've already vetted the people that that we want them to work with. Um, and I think in you know in in Miami there are I think a group of, of agencies like mine who were able to really it's a niche for the design. Yeah. It's a small community, so we all try to collaborate and work with each other. Um, because you, at the end of the day, everybody wants to see everyone successful, I think. And, and, and at least in, in the way I work, we all yeah. want to share our successes. But um, bringing, that's a value that... That's that a huge value. Bring. And okay. I see, and it's interesting because I've seen somebody that you know in the field that does the same thing as yours. I guess a competitor, kind of like you, like a you and me, Jana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Contact us because of an opportunity. And that has to do with you introduce me to her and, you know, you have an established relationship and all of that. And now, you know, that comes into a prospective sale. So with all of that, you know, that's all value that you bring to the table. So it's really interesting because it's you when you pay these fees, a lot of times you don't take those things into consideration. And maybe if you're just a numbers person and let's say just black and white, Right. You have to also that that's a huge value. Right. It's it's the, the ROI on an agency is different because it is a long term a relationship that you have with whoever your consultant is. Yeah. Um the benefits you start to see and once they start to happen, you're like, Wow, this is paying moving off. really quickly. Yeah. Right. Like you're getting published, you're getting asked to be on a panel or uh you're getting collaboration opportunities with brands and those start to build up and so I think uh it's you have to determine how uh, much you want to invest, and but you also want to pick someone you want, who you want to have a good rapport with. Yeah. Um, you know, meet with the agency. You're working hand in hand. Yeah, you're close. Like we lot. we speak every day, multiple times a yeah. day. Um, and, and I do the same thing with my other clients because you want to make sure you know what's happening. And um, also, I think our visions 
you know, I'm a big idea person and constantly wanting to evolve our brand. Right. So I'll be like, Marissa, why don't we try this and or try that? And I remember at the beginning, like we didn't know how to right. make this happen, and we worked together to create that vision of what we continue wanting to do. And she knows that I'll call her probably tomorrow and say like, hey, why don't we try this or do something crazy? And I like the fact, because I'll come up with pretty wild ideas, and she'll be like, Giselle, let me do my job. Let's calm down. Not so much titties. Stay on brand. Are they going to approve this messaging? It's good to have somebody to kind of keep you online of what your messaging is. And yeah, and I think even if it's an agency or it's internal, yeah, just know what's the goal here. Be consistent. How do we get there? Be yeah. consistent. Have a plan. Let me ask you something for the design firm that's maybe just starting out or may not have the marketing budget annual, you know, monthly because it's it's really right. I'm sure your fees are monthly. I don't know right. if it's by contract or I don't right. know, I'm not sure the specifics, but. How would someone like that be able to, I mean, you, you nobody wants to miss out on any opportunities. Right. You can still have a, like an amazing project that you can, that's picture perfect and right. belongs in the cover of a of magazine, course. but you can't afford a, a marketing yeah. representative. What would, how would they do or, or try on their attempt okay. on their own? So there's actually different, um, you know, some agencies, like for example, I will offer consulting for a day. So we do a, a visioning session for one or two days. Oh, that's great. So we go through your brand, understand, it's like a mini audit, understand what it is you want to do, what tools you have available, where are your projects, like are you advertising, do you have a budget, and we put together at the end of the day a kind of go-to marketing strategy that you can then implement in-house. So it's me sitting down with you to understand, but it's not me being there every single month. Um, so it gives you an, an opportunity to at least get the ball rolling. It's like you're coaching in a way. It's like right? yeah. So can, I call it visioning sessions. Can you do oh like can somebody do like an for a case like this? They're so excited about a project they just they just worked on. Yeah. Can they hire you just to yes. send that out to the different publications? Yes. So you can, yes. I sometimes work with someone just to pitch a project to press, or they'll hire me to do the copywriting for their press release or for their website. So it really depends on the scope. Um, those kind of one-off projects, I do try to like maintain a relationship with that brand to understand, did you know, what, what's what's website look like after follow through, yeah. right? Because if it's just a visioning session in the beginning, what I tell that what I try to explain is you really need to take it in house and have someone follow it. Yeah, so you I don't, think I need that. It's a great way. I'm to call you. It's a, <laughs> there you go. It's a great Seriously. way to do it. And if you, yeah. you know, and if you don't have the funds to do that, I always say there are so many resources out there for designers. There's podcasts that kind of give you tips on how to. You know, reach the right editor, um, you know, writing press releases, there's great books, um, there's Amy Flurry, which I think is fantastic, has a recipe for press, yes. yeah, it's called Recipe for Press, and it's a guide for designers who are starting on yeah. how to write a pitch, and who to pitch, and how to pitch, um, but I think focus on, in the beginning, focus on having your plan, have your website, have your social media, make sure your brand, your brand kit is ready to go. Um, and you can start that way slowly, but I think present your present your projects, show your work in the beginning. If social media is the best way for you to do it, I mean, and it costs nothing for you to do it, then start that way. Build your audience, build your messaging, uh, and then that gives you an opportunity, at least a launching pad, so that when you are ready, you have your ducks in a row, and you can bring on an agency or a consultant to help you 
say, these are all the tools I have. I'm ready to, to sit down and, and have these bigger conversations. What's your favorite, like for the person that's starting out, what would be the social media platform that you recommend? So for sure I would say start with Instagram, yeah. right? Have an Instagram page, um, find a, you know, make sure you're LinkedIn. So I think there's there's different channels for different sure. things. Social media is a conversation with your audience, you're posting your portfolio, you're posting behind the scenes, showing right. what you do. Have your LinkedIn profile because you also want those connections and relationships there. Yeah. Have your bio updated, have your brand, your, your firm on there as well. Um, you know, if you're into threads and having those conversations day to day, you know, and you're able to keep up with it, then you could you could also get into that. TikTok's great for behind the scenes. Again, these are all tools that require time. Yeah. You could do I mean, I love them all, Instagram but it's like, how do you can, like, right. keep up with it? Right. And there's know? apps that can help you schedule. Right. So I always say, get an app, like a later app or something, but schedule all the content. That so was my next question. What's your favorite app for all? Yeah. Composing all this. Yeah. Like, uh, keep people organized. There's there's so many, honestly. But like Unum gives you a grid scheduler yeah. that you can then post it directly and you can see your grid and it shows you the colors too so you understand if you're layering the colors the right way. Um, but later you can post from LinkedIn to Pinterest and it all posts at the same time. So you, you just schedule all of it. flows through. Right. And I just you put it in there, schedule it, and you can do a month's worth of content and you get the analytics. You can see what's, what's working, what's your best yeah. hashtags. And that saves you time. You sit down for a day, do it mm -hmm. a day, and it's set for a month. Mm -hmm. um, but it helps you with analytics, especially if later on you want to get collaborations, paid partnerships, you need to show that con that uh, data later. Yeah. Um, and it's easy for you to be able to provide reporting yeah. to, to potential partners. Um, and understand if, if the content you're posting is working or not. Right. But I say social media, is, uh, Instagram is, I think, the first one, I would say, set it up, put your projects. And, you don't have to schedule every day, but what you do want to put is content that's valuable um, to you. And the copy is important too, right? Right. The copy Speaking of copy, has um, has AI? Have you taken advantage of it? Yes. Do you love it? Agree, do you yes. like has has it affected your what you do? Yeah. Like, in a, I'm sure in a positive way. Yes, it has. I think it helps. In, you know, sometimes you any, anyone can have like writer's block. Yeah. And you want to say something a different way, and why not use it to help you generate captions? And I think all of these tools, um, like later app, things like that, can help you generate captions. And they're getting a lot better, kind of getting your tone and emotional yeah. kind of messaging. So I think you do want to tweak. You know, don't just put in, write a press release. Just want to copy it. paste yeah. it. You can yeah. still personalize it, Correct. but it gives you kind of like, oh, an idea of what, how. Yeah, to... no, it's a tool that's, it's, I think it's going to change our world. Absolutely. Yeah. You can has. just say design a room and can it room, also it. put together a press release or it no? It can. It can. You can say write a press release about this project. Here's what I did. It can even you can have an interview about a project and then from that it'll take it and write a press release. It it really changed the way marketers can go um, do business with everyone. Uh, I do. I always say I, you can write things in there. I always look at it again and say. You can tell when something's a chat GPT like tagline or a chat GPT title. Like the emotional component there is what is key mm -hmm. that you bring to the table. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it is a tool, especially if you are starting and you're not, you know, you're not into writing it or writing the copy for all these things. Why not have it write out some suggested copy for your posts? Right. But help. a little help is not bad. I yeah. think it's you know people are going to be using it a lot more often. 
um, and it helps you move, you know, move your work process a little bit. Do you get worried that it's going to replace you? I hope it doesn't replace you. I think I think there is so much experience that you have on the day to day yeah. that it doesn't, it can't bring to the table, right? Like you. I I, I agree, and I think in both of our fields, yeah. the personalized yeah. connection and also the contacts that we have that we've established and the years of experience. I'm, I'm not fearful of that, but I know that that's something that people are concerned. Yeah, of course. I think from a writing perspective, it can write a lot. Yeah. You know, but I think that the tangible things of meet, meeting with a client and seeing the finishes and presenting a you render, that. you can render something on AI yeah. at any moment, but... But then, how where's do you, the personalization well, of, of what you bring as a designer? How do you execute the yeah. design that AI just came up with? Well, you and still it, need well, like, yeah. yeah, you know. Right. And then in your field, what I learned was when you're writing, let's say, a press release, or you're writing for a magazine, you're writing specific to that magazine. It's right. not so. There's a general, let's say, write up about the project. Right. That we have, you know, how many square feet, how many bedrooms, right. the general right. part. But what I learned from you was when you present to that magazine, you gear it towards either the calendar, you know, if, right. if it's more of a kitchen and bath article, then it's right. geared to that. If it's uh, a certain tone or voice, because that magazine has that, right. you gear it towards that. Right. So, you know, as much as we love AI and, you know, all these different things, we don't, unless you are very knowledgeable and have experience, you really don't know what voice that should have. Right, and you and you edit, you want to edit for who's reading it. Yeah. Right, and so when you're pitching, you're, you're writing to that editor, and if that editor says, you know, a magazine that's really maximalist design and loves color, and yeah. that editor really loves bright things or loves the layers of, of accessories, you're calling that out in the project. You're showcasing those images that that editor is going to like. Like You really are trying to speak to them and engage with them because if you're pitching something, like you could write something and then you send it and then it has nothing, it resonates at no level. With right, them. yeah. But I think we do have to take advantage of those of these tools when we can and, and then learn how to use them now. Yeah. Before they evolve into something else and then you kind of miss the boat on, and I think yeah. that's the same thing with Instagram. When Instagram started, like what is this? Posting pictures of what my food or like yeah. what I'm and right. then now and now imagine now it's like this this really impressive tool where mm -hmm. if I'm gonna go look for a minimalist design or a maximalist design and I search for that, yeah, the amount of things that pop up and the influence that it has, right? You're saving posts. It understands what you like. It understands it's like the algorithm. algorithm. Mm -hmm. Right. So when you want to Pitch, you, have, you want to pitch to the magazine that matches the aesthetic of the project, correct? Right. Like a coastal project would be like in coastal living or like, like an more, ocean home. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. But can you pitch to more than one magazine? And not at the same time. Okay. If you're if you're offering me, they have to say no first. I I would yes, I would let them respond to you. Okay. And have and they'll usually respond. Mm -hmm. um, and if they don't, you know, wait a week or two, ask again. You know, I'd love to follow up. And if you don't hear back, then I think it's okay to go to the next one. But don't pitch two that might really like the project at the same time, because then you don't want to have you don't want to cause a, a you know weird relationship. You don't want to destroy the relationship with the other. 
Yeah. Because you can't and the relationships are so important because then they'll remember that the next oh, time yeah. you want to oh, yeah. so pitch a project. I remember, and I think that's why having someone like helping you and like, okay, we'll pitch here. Fantastic, it's getting picked up. Yeah. They have that project exclusive. Don't yeah. pitch it in the meantime, in between it, that one getting published because you can't, you don't want to release the photos. Um, and I don't always send all the photos at the same time. So I want to keep some for something else. Because you, you know, you want you want the public the projects to be published, and you want your best photos yeah. to yeah. be used. Um, and you might want to use them for something else. Um, if it's a specific magazine that's only about kitchen and bath, like maybe take different angles of the kitchen, mm-hmm. or take different views of the bathroom, or don't send all. You know what I mean? I think you you really need to understand what you want what you want out there in the world as far as like what that project shows. So you want to wait yeah. first and be. You want to wait until you get a response, and yeah. then you can go to the next. And then if it gets published after that, you yeah. can and then show you can it as much as you want. Correct. Put it all over the universe. Put it all over the universe. Yeah. Pitch it again. You Pitch know. it again. Oh, so you can. You can yeah. have, yeah. Correct. Yeah. But it's great. just understand, if it's it's a big publication, um, and it's already been published, they will ask you, has it been published? Yeah. Say yes, it has. It's been here. So, you know, honesty is the best policy when it comes to, <laughs> to publishing. Your work, it's um, a, yeah. yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, this the whole marketing aspect of it. Yeah, I'm a huge proponent of leave it to the pros. Like whenever it's some, especially something like this, it's got to be. I mean, everyone, you know, you have to be able to pitch on your own, especially if you can't afford it. But something like what you do is seems so streamlined, organized, and you have a process for everything. Yeah. It's just like worth it it's like investing in your in your brand and your yeah. business and it should be one of those budgets that are like need to be implemented yearly i think talk so. with your accountant um get <laughs> yeah. that right. number set right. something aside set you know your marketing right. budget aside and and just even if it's just you know freelancing hiring like on an as-needed basis i right. love having that that option you can have it as an option or if, if you're at the point where you needed in-house invest in the in-house person yeah because and that's what my role was before i was in-house and mm-hmm. and, and you know manage the brands within yeah um and you know you know the day-to-day of what's happening within your your mm-hmm. brand and someone's able to communicate that to you every day like this is where yeah. we're at this is what's happening or you know we had a, a great success story this week mm-hmm. and i think um, remembering your success stories weekly is important it helps you keep you know the momentum of okay you're excited about what you're so I always um, recognize those little moments where, oh my gosh, this got published, or we got right. mentioned here, or she or they were asked to be commenting on this, or like this yeah. is at home, things like this yeah. where you're like, these oh, are great the little, little wins, yeah. the little wins that add up, and when at the end of the year you look at all of it, yeah, like wow, we did, we did a lot, we photographed this many projects, we filmed this many reels, mm-hmm. like you don't realize how many hours go into it um, in a year, and like, having one in house too, I mean. You're, you're taking care of, of the publishing aspect, the social media. I mean, it's so well-rounded. It's it's a lot. I mean, it's just a posting a reel can take a whole day. And I'm right. going to mention, one. I'm gonna <laughs> mention two. Oh, my God. It's like a full-time job. Yeah. Just that. So normal, right. like, originally, I would just do the photo shoots on my own, like, with a photographer and the styling with our staff. Since working with Marissa, like, she'll come to the, the photo shoots to make sure that we stay cap, you know, we 
we capture the images that we need to for the publication that we're thinking of presenting. Because as the years go by, it's kind of a learning. You know, what, is, what are they looking for right now? What's the images that are going to resonate? How should it be styled? More minimal, you know, more maximum. And when you're, I think, doing a job for us, we live it, eat it, you know, Right. Day in, day out, we've gone through this whole process, and to have that perspective of somebody fresh telling you, "Hey, Giselle, you need oh, to yeah. you style it a little bit more heavy. Right. You need, you know, this publication is more like this or that." Right. It really keeps us focused on what we need to do in yeah. in the photo shoots. Yeah, and especially at the photo shoot at the end, you're already burnt out. We right. totally the for years, and it's yeah. like, yeah, we're like, oh, it's and, and we come in and say, and sometimes it is a fresh advice, and sometimes you have painful conversations with your clients. You're like, this, I recommend we do this in this photo because we know that that's going to do much better, or this angle does better. Um, and I think we've gotten to like a rapport yeah. where um, we we know, okay, this map, this is a great shot. Or we establish that because we do a walkthrough generally the day before too because you're styling, and then, and we know the, this is what we want to shoot. So we're also not wasting time too because the photographers, you know, you want those photos quickly. You want to see those proofs. Yeah. Um, but understanding that sometimes a shot doesn't work or this angle doesn't work or this coloration needs X um, will tell you and and you know it's it's sometimes the learning, especially when you're starting with a new client and telling them this we don't recommend this. But you think that that's the way you want to go, and so these these, these conversations. She's you know why she's smirking? She's done it to me. Oh my gosh! I call them the "come to Jesus" conversation. Oh yeah, oh, for sure. Come, come to, to Jesus. Jesus. Like this is not going to function, and this this is why. Yeah. Um, or have I, you ever had a client rephotograph a job? Like this is like none of these none of this photography works. We got to no, start. Thankfully, no. Thankfully, oh. no. But we've had. I've had. Can some, you imagine? No. None of your photos are good, and it's like you have to. Well, we've had a situation. We've had situations where I've looked at photos. We had to retouch some lighting, and the lighting was maybe too dark. Um, I trusted the photographer a little too much, you know, um, and I let them do their thing, and it didn't come out, let's say, exactly what I envisioned. So I think what I learned, especially being so OCD, like we all are, and how picky is. It's important to like, I like to be behind the camera with the iPad, seeing the shots that they're getting, seeing how everything is styled because these photo shoots are so expensive. And especially when you're using these, you know, better known photographers, the worst thing is when you look at a photo and you're like, damn, this, this should have been, I should have styled it a little different. That shot wasn't exactly, you have to be, I think, present at those photo shoots to be able to get the styling and the way you want it, your vision to come to life. Yeah, I think you're really, it's really key to have yeah. a, a set of eyes that's not your own, your own teams there. Yeah. Um, but also too, this is where the balance comes in. You need the designer there because let's say you, you have a really cool architectural detail that you want to focus. Um, the, the photographer doesn't know that, but that was an important thing um, or a lighting detail that you right. put in or you want the lights on and off because mm -hmm. the photo, some publications right. like all the photos off, natural all the lighting light. and all natural light, right. and some of them like the effects of the LED. So all those things, I think it's a combined effort that we definitely work as a team and having that yeah. like friendly rapport and that understanding we're all ha want the same thing. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. We're all working towards yeah, the same Yeah, you're working thing. for the same goal. And, and I think, you know, having those conversations before, this is what we want it to look like. This is who needs to be here. Also, don't have, like, 50 people on set for a photo shoot. Like, that, when there's way too many oh, people, I even yes. remove myself from someone. Like, this is too complicated. It's going slower than it should. You know, we, we need the essential team to yeah. take the photos. Let's get the shots and move. Especially the light changes here during the day because thunderstorm in the afternoon, and then all of a sudden you're... You didn't or, shoot what you needed to shoot right in the beginning. Have the space styled ready before the clean. photographer shows yeah. clean style. Oh my god! The photographer shows up. Like, don't do it while don't, it's happening. Yes. And you if know? you need to move furniture, have people available that can lift the sofa or move a bed. Yeah. Because the last thing you want to do is have the designer, you, and the photographer. Like, oh my god. <laughs> right. It happens, and it happens, and we all do it, and we all do it. But I think you prepare in advance yeah. for a shoot. And if you need to hire a um, visual stylist, there are some great ones that I always recommend if you need it to go in that direction. So that you're not having to make those decisions. Someone else is doing them, you approve it, and then you move on and take the shot. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's really helpful, Mm -hmm. um, especially when you're starting out and you're shooting projects. And you're not sure really how to start. You're not sure. Someone else's point of view. Yeah, and and correct. And they maybe have a relationship with showroom, and they can get you rugs, or they can get you vases, or Mm -hmm. all these other things that you maybe didn't have time to access because you're finishing the project. Um, Yeah, when you're accessorizing, that's like days. You know, I, I mean, trying to get things on, you know, on loan, on accessories on loan, and then you don't know if your client's going to want to right. buy, purchase right. them later. It's it's a thing. Right. It is a thing. And you yeah. also want to support the brands, and you want them to buy things. And, yeah. Um, but a stylist has, you know, even with the florist, like, have relationships with designers, you're able to get things. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a trade discount, things like this. But all of these things we try to think about, and that's one of my roles with it's a checklist. Yes, yeah. is having that checklist. Did we get the shots? Mm-hmm. Do we have enough? Is it chronological too, from the beginning to the last? Room? Is it telling a story? Because you want to walk through and tell every single moment, even from the architecture. If you did, even if you didn't design the house, the mm-hmm. exterior, you want to understand how the exterior plays a, a role in the interior. Definitely. So yeah, all of all those ties together. All of so those you stories. so you want to kind of guide the photographer. So you're there. Right. Right. You're there at the beginning, like before he starts, just yes. do the little, the first initial walkthrough and say, okay, we want to like focus on these rooms yes, and these shots. Correct. And these angles or like, you know, we need this type of lighting in this room because mm-hmm. we have certain shades or we want the yeah. shades open and closed. Yeah. But generally we do a walkthrough with the designer and the designer's team mm-hmm. to understand these are the, the main mm-hmm. shots we need. I know anything extra is great. And we can use that for detail shots, but I also say like the beautiful angle of a chair or the leg oh, of something. I love a when shot. you get the vignette, yeah. and you can use that um, if we can get extra. Obviously, you're limited again to the number of photos. So, but that's why I say like supplement with your iPhone, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and take all the details, especially when your whole place is styled. It's like supplement with your iPhone the additional photos. Make sure that the settings are set up to high resolution. Um, invest in a stand and then even again doing supplemental video it's like you you know how you get to this pivotal point of the project finally looks beautiful like it's cleaned it's photographed you got to take advantage and take as much content as possible and it's so hard because you're so exhausted and usually so tired by that time 
that you really don't do that. So plan, maybe you have somebody in your staff that can help you yeah. do that, that has a good eye mm -hmm. to, to be able to supplement those professional photography. Yeah, I agree. And I think maximize those projects that you know are going to make an impact. So if you design an insane home, take all the video, all the content as much as you can. Yeah, from the beginning. Yes, because you can use that so much on social or on your other feeds. Um, and it, it keeps resonating. And you know which projects are making more impact. Mm -hmm. Like you personally, you see the photos do well, the video does well. Um, keep making, yeah, I keep making content in those spaces. Why not? I think you see a lot of influencers yeah. that really take advantage of one house mm -hmm. yeah. or one foyer or something where it's like constant con uh, content from the same place, but every single time it looks different because they've changed the vase or they've changed right. the floral or they're coming in. Yeah. But you're, you know, if you're working and you don't have that many projects ready to shoot, make sure you take advantage of the ones that you do have ready. Because That's you can great. make that content last. Yeah. Flip the photo, reverse it, share a different angle, share it in black and white. Love it. Yeah. You're able to, yeah. to really have those those moments and just use use what you have. Such great tips. Yeah. My gosh. Yeah. Absorbing it all. Yes, take it in. Bonus. Bonus time. Bonus question. Bonus question. Okay. And today's bonus question. What's the etiquette? And what do you recommend? Okay, a job, a designer took over another designer's job, okay. and now it's been up for publication. How does the designer that's turning in the project, how do you recommend they handle that? Because now the other designer that did part of the project is now going to see the publication. What do you recommend? Yeah, this is a hot topic. Right? Or vice versa. Yeah. Maybe the first designer, that yeah. the one that didn't finish it, wants to publish it. Or vice versa. So you know, or, yeah. or the last one. The first yeah. or the last. Yeah, I think I think you have to reach out to the other designer. Okay. I think you do need to have a conversation and say, Hi, I'm so you know, I know you started this project. Maybe there's if, if there are elements from the other designer that are still that have been implemented in the new design. Right. Right? And maybe there's, and there could be one that where nothing was implemented and it's completely different, but it was your client or whatever. I think you still should have some sort of conversation between the two firms and say, listen, we're finishing this project, we're publishing it. There should be some sort of reciprocal credit happening, right? And that's my big thing. And I think it should be credited with both designers. I think you could say, you know, in collaboration with. Um, is, a, is a great way to say it, or part of the design was this design firm or, or designer, um, because you also want to make sure it's been fully released from the other firm, you know, the design documents or whatever were fully released, because I think you can get into it, especially if you were saying you were designer designing, you were working at company A, right. and now you've left, mm -hmm. but you completed that project and you want to show it. That's another sure. situation where you were working at a firm, you left, you did your project, and you want to show it. You should, you need to credit that other firm. Well, and also, don't you, you need to contact that firm and make sure they that they give you the rights? Because Correct. officially, I mean, some companies have non-competes. Correct. And they can be, that could be pretty much on one of their contracts where it stipulates, hey, you need to request permission yeah. because technically, isn't it the property of Intellectual, the, property, yeah, intellectual think, yeah. of the company that you work for, even though you design for right. it. And, it, and I think sometimes it can go with both ways. That, that if you were design firm A, you had a client, 
the client left, right? You've released it, so that design no longer, right? Is no longer yours. It just exists. You don't, mm -hmm, right. and then, then they bring it to yeah, someone yeah. else. You can, you know, you can design that project, and you don't have to right. credit the other person. But I think if it's gone far enough where your your initial design intent is still there, yeah, and or the other design designer's project or work is still there, I think you should have a conversation and say, listen, we want to take this to publish. We know you designed part of it. Um, it's still within a design. You know, we'd love to credit and say that this was done to a certain extent with another designer. I think it is. I think it is an etiquette that that should be. But isn't it considered also intellectual property? Couldn't you get sued for something like that? Um, if a client, so it depends. If 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 the client left and you've released the the work, but if it if it if, if part of that design has the designer's logos and things like that, yeah, you need to, you should, you, that's what I'm saying, you should have a conversation with the yeah. offer. You don't want to just publish yeah. something that came from another one, at least partially designed from another firm. Yeah. And I yeah. think, and also too, we're such a small community, I feel like we all know each other, that, and we see each other at parties, at events, yeah. Number one, I think it's good. It's, co just it's good. Co it's, it's just ethical. ethics, you know. It's business good. ethics. It's common sense. You, yeah. you know, you give credit where credit is due, right? and it's yeah. also good karma. Yeah. You know? I think you both both parties win yeah. if you're saying so and so design part of it. Are you collaborating? I, I don't. I think what you want to do is make sure that it's easier to have a conversation up front than after when you're about to publish. Yeah. So if you know, okay, hey, I received this, and this happens to a lot of people. There's lots of clients that you start with a designer, or maybe you don't want to work with them, and you go to another one. Of course. But I think if you know, oh, where did these plans come from? You know, who designed this? I, you know, I, I think it's great to have a conversation, yeah. but not everyone's going to do that. No. So I think you have to realize, and it can happen where you, you know, you have a, a render or something that you've done, and all of a sudden you see it somewhere else. Where I've asked, I've asked if they've taken it. Can you please? You know, tag the right designer. Can you give them credit? I just, I have a hard time when because it's happened to us right. as well. Right. When the person is publishing it on their social media and it's evident, it's not even you know their normal style or the way of right. doing things, and they didn't do the give us the courtesy of a of giving us credit, and then the then you have the contractor republishing it, and you have other people mm -hmm. republishing. It's hard. Right. It's hard because it's your, you know, first first of all, it's your intellectual property. It's your creativity. It's your design. It's your sweat and tears. Um, it just boggles my mind that people don't have the courtesy of doing that. And also the karma. Like, what what are you thinking? Like, it's not yeah. good karmic energy. Right. So right. with that being said, it's like, be kind to each other. Treat, that, treat others as you'd like to treat unto you. But also, too, uh, that could avoid you a lawsuit as well. I think, and I think from, from a PR perspective, what you always want to do is, you know, we agencies, consultants, we want to credit the right people. So we're always making sure, credit the photographers, make sure you have the rights, credit all the vendors. Everybody's become very sensitive. I think, especially because now you can post anything online. Yeah. Well, before you were waiting for it to publish in a magazine, yeah. prior to Instagram and all these, you know, apps and things being available, you really could only see your project in a magazine. And I think that's another value that it's, you bring into the table. You won't, like, as your client, you wouldn't allow me to do a move like that. Right, you I know, sure. you made sure that it's, and I think as a new business, maybe you don't know. 
that this is intellectual property or what the rules of the games are. And if you're starting out or an established company, you just not might be familiar and somebody like you can then say, hey, listen, this is what needs to happen in order for your business to run smooth. Right. And I think get the releases always. Mm-hmm. Get the homeowners release. Can they be featured? Like all of these kind of uh, back um, back operational yeah. things. Like, yeah, you want to get those. Yeah, because the homeowner has to approve that. Yeah. And if they. Video content and photography. Correct. That's a good point. And if you want to mention point. their name or not, if they mm-hmm. want to be interviewed, you know, yeah, you know, check all the boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you, and then it helps you, you know, get from point A to point B of marketing or publishing your project the right way. And then you don't have to think about any kind of stress exactly. behind the exactly. scenes. That's a good question. Hot topic. That's a hot, hot topic. topic. Yeah. Hot topic. Yeah. Well, you've been a wealth of information. Thank you so of much course. again for great. joining us, our first guest. Yay. I am glad to have been the first one. Hopefully yes. it resonated with definitely do it for sure of course thank you thank you for joining us and hope you got some valuable takeaways from marissa again this is marissa cornejo with design marketing collective and stay tuned for our next episode coming soon and don't forget to follow us on social media and instagram and youtube and spotify thanks guys